the man cave. A sanctuary. A sacred place. A place where we can go talk about the things we want to talk about. A place where we're surrounded by our favorite teams. A place where everyone is welcome. Grab a seat and a beverage. This is the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Dan Casper for another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big shout out to all of you for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate it. Uh, if this is your first time to the Man Cave, welcome. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you come. Hopefully, you come back to the podcast. Uh, if you're a regular, love you all the same. Don't forget subscribe, like, follow the podcast. Depending on which podcast platform you're obviously listening to, and don't forget to give us a, a solid rating out there too, so other people can find the podcast and tell your friends. Put it up on socials. You know the drill. Twitter, Facebook, snail mail, text. I don't care. Help me spread the word, peeps. What do we got on tap for this uh, episode of the podcast? Oh, we're going to be kind of a little bit of a smorgasbord, I guess, but mostly uh, mostly some football chat since we are getting close to the postseason. We're wrapping up the, the regular season with, uh, with week 18 over here, so going to be kind of taking a look at that um you know we got we know green bay's locked up that one seed yet they're still playing the starters is that the right move is that the right move to be doing that is is matt lafleur the packers is that the right call they overthinking it what do you think we'll chat a little bit about uh, that uh also i want to talk a little bit about could we see the return of harbaugh in the nfl could he be making the bat the jump back in to the big pool and then antonio brown uh we're going to chat a little bit about him and you know just kind of wherever the the conversation takes us right but let's just jump into it let's jump into that water let's talk about uh heading into the final week of the nfl season here and the only one seed that we know that we currently know right now the green bay packers Getting some help last week with the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, and then the Packers taking care of business uh, against uh, Minnesota Sunday night. I was at that game. A uh, little bit of a slow start for for Green Bay. You know they they're able to move the ball down in the opening drive and, and get a field goal, but after that, kind of typical Packers, uh, typical Packers offense. How they've started off the season really slow in the first quarter, then they then they pick it up in the second and the uh, third quarters there. But uh, nonetheless, Green Bay locking it up, locking up the one seed, locking up home field advantage. They get the bye. They've got nothing to play for this weekend against the Detroit Lions. Yet, it sure sounds like, unless this is just some extreme gamesmanship, which I kind of doubt at this point, starters are going to play. And that includes Aaron Rodgers, who's dealing with an injured pinky toe. That includes Devontae Adams. Uh, head coach Matt LaFleur saying if uh, starters are healthy and they're cleared to go, they're going to go. Is this the right move? Now, if you listen to the radio show, my radio show, the Dan Casper show, at first I wasn't in favor of this. I just assumed, too, that you know you get the bye, you give Aaron Rodgers an extra week off with, with that toe, and and it's a, it's a pointless game. You don't want to risk any injuries or anything like that in, in Detroit. But also in the back of my mind, you know, you go and you and you think about some of these teams who 
rested guys, you know, in the final week of the season, had the bye in the postseason, then they come back. They've started a little bit slow. They, they, they have started a little bit slow. The Chiefs, I believe it was, uh, was it 2020? They started off a little bit slow against uh, that that was that game against the Texans where the Texans came out just hot you know were they up like 21 24 something like that but then Kansas City was able to come back and and win that game you know obviously if you're a Packers fan you think back to 2011 2012 season when they were 15 and one uh they rested guys that final week um against the Lions then they lost uh, as a one seed against the Giants at home so there's examples of that but there's also examples I believe too of you know, teams resting those guys, and then they're fine, you know, in, in a couple weeks there. So we don't know, and I don't think Green Bay, I don't even think Matt LaFleur knows just how long these starters are going to play. But they're going to play. And I feel like there has to be a happy medium. Like, like treat it almost as that third. I know there's only three preseason games now, but like when there was four preseason games, Treat it almost like that that third preseason game where it's like that dress rehearsal. You know what I mean? Where where starters might play a half, starters might play a quarter, and and I totally get when when Matt Lafleur says it's it's going to be based off of feel. It's not going to be a certain amount of minutes because I feel like if if that offense is humming and rolling, like they come out fast, and I think that's what they want to try to establish in this game against the Lions is to work on their first quarter offense trying to get into a flow right away trying to find something that that uh you know that will allow them maybe they'll find something that you know they can they can utilize in the postseason where it will allow their offense to get off to a fast start because when when you look at that's that's probably the biggest issue with this Packers offense right now you know special teams it seems like it's gotten better uh red zone has gotten better Right now, it's just like the, the lull of the first quarter. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Green Bay come out in this game on Sunday and really try to, you know, pedal to the metal, all gas, no effing break, because they want to try to get into a little bit of a flow of rhythm or a rhythm in that first quarter offense. That's what I think we're, we're going to see. And then after that first quarter, we'll see if, you know, how it goes. And then maybe if it you know kind of goes well, that's when the starters will be done. Or maybe you know the, if it goes a little bit slow, they're going to work on it a little bit more in the second quarter. But I would be shocked to see like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and such in the second half. I, I would be shocked to see that. I think they want to keep that momentum going. We know Aaron's a big believer in momentum. I think they want to you know still kind of get in that flow, even though that they are going to have a week off. But they they view it as you know at least we'll keep this going and and not really be a whole you know not not completely be rusty heading into that division week because let's be real here when you look at the the NFC playoff picture I mean for cry eye they there's still some good teams in here I mean there's there's teams in here that were competing for the one seed at one point in another Cardinals for the longest time uh, Tampa Bay. You know, the Rams might be you know, all that talent on their team. Dallas was still in the running for, for that one seed up until this past week. So you've got some really dynamic teams, and, and those teams are really good offensively too. So 
Green Bay may be looking at this in a, in a point like we can't afford to, to dig ourselves in a hole right away. We can't afford you know, to have a slow first quarter here because we know we are going up against some of some pretty darn good offenses uh, when it comes to the postseason. So maybe that's part of their thinking too. But but you know, it, I I'm cha- I changed my my mindset on the whole thing where you know sit Aaron and all that. It sounds like his picky toes is, is doing better, and maybe that's the other factor in this whole thing too. Like if he had a major setback, maybe he they do just shut him down so it doesn't get worse. But it sounds like it's. It's doing pretty well, and in fact, he's practicing on Thursday, which he hasn't done in a long time, too. So um, I'm sure that's a big factor in, in the whole thing, too. And Green Bay also has to make some decisions with some of their injured guys coming back, like David Bakhtiari, uh, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Josh Myers. Let's start with Bakhtiari here, because that's I think that's the big one. Bakhtiari tearing his ACL, um, not this past December, but the December before, right? December tw- uh, in 2020. New Year's Eve, has not played a snap yet. You go back to the preseason, it sure seemed like um, it sure seemed like maybe he was on track to, to I don't know, be on the active roster right away at, at the season because he looked like he looked good and, and progressing well while the Packers put him on the pup list. After that time off the pup list, he was activated. Then he had another minor procedure on the knee. He practiced. Hasn't practiced for a couple weeks. Now he's back at practice. So it's going to be interesting to see whether Bakhtiari is going to play this weekend against the Lions. My gut tells me he is going to. My gut tells me he's going to because I feel like they they want to make sure they get him some game reps and not just throw him out there for his first action in the postseason. My gut tells me that David Bakhtiari is going to get some snaps against Detroit. Um Randall Cobb sounds like he's going to be back for the postseason, perhaps maybe even get some reps against the Lions. We'll see. Josh Myers is an interesting one, too. The rookie center who was the starter at the beginning of the year. Would Green Bay, if he doesn't play against the Lions and get some snaps, would they put him back in the starting lineup for the postseason? Me? I don't think you do. I, I think, you know, for a rookie and if he's his first game coming back from a, from an injury – Maybe you stick with the veteran Lucas Patrick in this instance. Maybe that that's kind of where I'm leading towards too. But if he's able to go, you got some depth there, right? You got some depth to that offensive line. And then, you know, Zadarius Smith might be the biggest unknown in this whole thing. He is still yet to practice. I'm sure there's a chance he could get back out there, but I think any chance if he is on this team when it comes to the postseason, like if he's active and he's suited up he's not going to be an every down outside linebacker. He is only going to be third down, obvious pass rushing situations, uh, kind of like what we saw in week one, a little, a few snaps here. But if he is able to go, that's a big boost for that defense because you're talking about Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the outside, Kenny Clark up on that defensive line, and Zadarius Smith you know, blitzing up the middle. That That's a formidable foursome right there. So I would be pumped to, to see that and I think Jair Alexander he's going to be I know he's on the COVID list at the time of this recording but I think he'll be uh, ready to go when it comes to the postseason too and then you know that so that's Green Bay but if you look at uh, the rest of the NFC kind of still you know up there a little bit currently the Rams are the two seed okay Rams just a few weeks ago they were 
they were a wild card team here, but they they've kept on winning and uh, got a little bit of help there too with with the Cardinals losing. So they're currently the two seed at twelve and four. Buccaneers the three seed at twelve and four. Cowboys are the four seed at eleven and five. And then we've got currently the Cardinals uh, at at the five seed. The 49ers are the six seed right now, and the Eagles are the seventh seed. But the Eagles have clinched a playoff spot, even though they are the seventh seed. And that's because the 49ers are the only one that haven't clinched that playoff spot yet. The Saints are still in the hunt here. So if the Saints win, and if the 49ers lose to the Rams the Saints would be going in into the postseason then. So that's where it's at for the NFC. The AFC side of things, a little bit more open. Titans currently are the one seed at 11-5. Chiefs, with that loss to the Bengals last week, uh, they're the uh, they're the two seed. Bengals are 10-6. And, and ironically, even though the Bengals are resting a lot of their guys, they still could be the one seed if a lot of stuff fell into play for them. But uh, it looks like the Bengals are content on taking that, you know, their division championship and getting a home game there. Uh, Bills are the fourth seed right now. You got the Patriots as the five, Colts as the six, Chargers as the seventh. Bills <laughs> wasn't that long ago too that they were like on the outside looking in. And here's the interesting situation here uh, going on for the AFC. So the 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 AFC East isn't clinched yet between the Bills or Patriots. So. You know, Bills win, they take care of business. They're they're going to be the the division champs there. But the interesting thing here is the Colts, who are the sixth seed right now, they're going up against the Jaguars, okay? If somehow the Jaguars pull this off and they beat the Colts, the Raiders and the Chargers, they play the primetime game, the final game. They could literally just kneel down. Both teams could kneel down. It down, victory formation, finish the game in the 0-0 tie. And both teams would be going to the playoffs. But if they play the game, the loser will not be going to the playoffs. And it potentially could be the Steelers or the Ravens. So could we see that? Could we see, like if the Jaguars beat the Colts, would the Chargers and the Raiders actually come to a, like a gentleman's agreement and say, all right, we're not going to take any risk here. Let's just call her. We're going to put the old high school basketball offense in play where you get the early lead and you just hold on to the ball. But in this case, we'll just kneel it down the whole game. I don't think that's going to happen. But you got to imagine it's getting talked about. I mean, it's getting talked about in the media. I'm sure the NFL has been talking to teams like this. Um, and the, and the teams themselves been kind of thinking about it here a little bit, but also chargers and Raiders are a division rival. If they have a chance to knock out one on one of those teams, they probably would, would do that too. But that's an interesting scenario right there. It's a very interesting scenario. And I think the NFL is just, you know, crossing their fingers that the Colts take care of their business. They beat the Jaguars like they should. And then the winner of the chargers, Raiders game is going to go to the postseason at that point. But I feel like that's going to be the case. I think the Colts will just take care of business, and then the winner of the Chargers and Raiders game uh, will, will get into the postseason there. So, but you know, you, you're looking at this. I think, you know, especially with the AFC, the Chiefs, they're probably still the favorite to come out of there. 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of deep dive into it more in, in next week's episode when we actually know the playoff teams. But, you know, you look at those records and you're like, oh, wow, maybe do they even have a, like a, a top tier team? You know, and then the NFC side of things, I feel like the NFC is a little bit deeper and a little bit more wide open. But at the same time, you know, all these teams, even in the AFC, the NFC, these top teams have shown holes. They've shown some weaknesses. But I guess the question comes down to then is which team has shown the least amount of weakness, you know, or the least amount of concerns. And I think that is Green Bay. And I think the the home field advantage for Green Bay is going to be bigger this year as opposed to last year um, because of one big factor, and that's 75-plus, 80,000 fans in Lambeau Field as opposed to, you know, last year just a few thousand in, in the stands. And then, you know, obviously Packers and Packers fans hoping for much colder weather this time around too but um we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, uh preview the the playoff picture in a little bit more detail uh next week when we know all the teams in there all right we're going to take a quick break here and then coming up next i want to chat a little bit about uh jim harbaugh could we see him back in the nfl will he be back in the nfl and which team should be the team that goes after him we'll discuss that coming up next So there are rumblings and rumors and reports that maybe Jim Harbaugh might be coming back and making a return to the NFL. Uh, Jim leading his, uh, look look at me calling him Jim, Harbaugh leading his team, his Michigan team to the the Final Four, to the college football playoff there. They got dominated by Georgia. And now all of a sudden, there's a talk about Harbaugh potentially making the jump to the NFL. Is it an agent's, you know, ploy of trying to to get a bigger, newer, longer contract, or is it legit interest in going back to the NFL? I think it could be a little bit of both here. I always felt like Jim Harbaugh was destined to come back to the NFL uh, and, and be a head coach there again. So yeah, I, I feel like that's it. it it's a good possibility and I would expect Jim Harbaugh at some point to be back in the NFL but is this the year to do it with the with the potential openings out there are there good fits the one fit I would love to see I would just love to see it's not going to happen but I think it would just be the ultimate you know middle finger if he does have this big rivalry with Urban Meyer he goes to Jacksonville and he wins the reason it won't happen, though, Trent Balky over there is the general manager, as at least for now. And Balky was the general manager uh, with the 49ers, and they had that messy divorce between Harbaugh and the 49ers. So that's why it won't happen unless the Jaguars know they got a legit shot at getting Harbaugh and they move on from their GM. Now, would you know Shotcon and the Jaguars want to go back to to another head coach. Well, Harbaugh in this instance is a little different because he does have NFL head coaching experience. So, it's a little bit different in that regard. So, Jaguars young quarterback, you know, they they probably want an offensive minded head coach or a quarterback or a coach that that could really develop Trevor Lawrence. I think Jim Harbaugh could do that. I just don't think he's going to go there. And that big reason is is because if the Jaguars do keep Trent Baalke, it's it's not going to happen. Um, and we're just going based off the the head coach openings that we know of right now. Raiders, there's potential interest in there. There's connections there. Um, I think that would be a big hire for the Raiders. You know, 
Davis making the big splash. Mark Davis, the owner, trying, you know, Gruden a few years ago, 10-year deal. Uh, that would be a huge, spl- huge splash if he could get uh, Harbaugh to come back to the West Coast over there and uh, get him over there. I think that would be a good hire. I really do. I think that would be a smart hire, and I think that that would be a hire that would work. A um, lot of talk about interest in the you know mutual interest in the Bears. Harbaugh was a was a draft pick over there for the Bears. Um, you know, under the tutelage, played for Mike Ditka. Uh, he said that you know Ditka has been like an uh, uh, mentor to him and, and and all that sort of stuff. So there's that relationship. You got a younger quarterback in in Justin Fields. I think the, the the interesting thing there too is that you know wherever Harbaugh goes, and and maybe you know I didn't even think of this because you know Denver right now Vic Fangio is the head coach, but there's a strong belief he's going to be out after this season. Vic Fangio was Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator at Stanford and with the 49ers. So, I mean, potentially could Fangio be linked with Harbaugh in any of these openings? Because, you know, Vic Fangio, if he does get let go by Denver, he's going to have plenty, plenty of suitors to be a defensive coordinator. So there's a good chance that maybe it's a package deal wherever, you know, if Harbaugh decides to make, the jump to go back to the NFL, it could be a package deal of Harbaugh, and then you got Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. That's a hell of a duo right there. And if I'm a team that that's in the running for a, a new head coach, and I potentially could get Harbaugh and then Vic Fangio as my defensive coordinator, I'd be all about that, no doubt about it, 100%. And you know, a lot of people are pointing to that Bears job. If if that could be a possibility, and you know Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator for the Bears, just a few years ago, would he come back and reunite? Possibly, maybe, never know. Or maybe both those guys uh, they go to Vegas and team up with, with the Raiders. There, you know, Vic Fangio, obviously with uh, with the AFC West these past few years, familiar with the Division Two. But if you can get a combination, a package deal of a Harbaugh and a Vic Fangio. I think a lot of teams would sign up for that. A lot of teams would sign up for that. Like especially if it was well known out there too. Or maybe the Broncos, if they move on from Fangio, they might want Harbaugh and then well that would just be kind of awkward over there and Vic Fangio staying there and getting demoted. I don't think he'd be sticking around for for that, but something I think teams have to consider at this point is that it might be a package deal. And if you have an opening that's a pretty darn good package. But, you know, in terms of should Harbaugh make the move, I don't know if he should. You know, he, I've always thought he would come back to the NFL, made a big jump this year with Michigan, getting to that college uh, football playoff. Is that the ceiling? Is that the ceiling for the current college football landscape? Maybe. You know, it's all about the Alabamas, the Ohio States, and the Georgias. You had the Clemsons with, with an off year this year. Maybe Harbaugh sees this as the ceiling, and this is as far as they're going to be able to get in the current college football playoff structure. I know a lot of coaches, we're, we're seeing it mostly in basketball, but a lot of frustration with on the coaches' side about transfer portals, and, and you know maybe even some don't like the NILs and that. Maybe that's factoring into some of this decisions. But I always felt like Harbaugh, Harbaugh would be a dude that would come back to the NFL at some point. And if he feels like he's ready to do that now, if I'm a team out there, yeah, I think he's a good coach. 
I think he's also one of those coaches that if you're an opposing fan, you don't like him because maybe of his antics on the sidelines, his intensity, or something like that. You probably don't like him, but if he's if he's the coach of your team, you're probably good with him. So my prediction, I do think Harbaugh comes back to the NFL this year. I do think he comes back. And at this current point with the current openings right now, and with a good guess of some of the other openings out there, I think it's going to be Chicago or the Raiders as the top two, top two destinations right there. That's just my thoughts. All right. Another quick break, and then coming up next, let's talk a little A.B. with this crazy situation with Antonio Brown. What the hell is going on? Let's discuss. Coming up next. So by now, you have probably heard the latest you know, reports, rumors, speculation, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, about Antonio Brown. It's been a weird last few days, going on a week right now, starting off with him walking off the field on the third quarter on Sunday in their game against the Jets, and then, you know, the uh, he said, she said ordeal, A.B. saying that, you know, Bucks tried to make him play on an injured ankle, Bucks, you know, going with different stories and, and that sort of thing, and Bucks finally officially releasing him, so technically a team could pick him up. Uh, for the uh, for the postseason run, if they lay the claim to him, uh, he is going to go on waivers. I'd be I'd be a little shocked if a team did do that. But I mean, it, if if he can't make it work with with Tom Brady, and he had those, you know, those issues, and he, I can't see another team picking up Antonio Brown. I mean, first thing you hope that you know if he needs help, what if he's going through anything or, or anything like that that you know gets the help that he needs and I know there's been some talk about some of that stuff but gotta make sure everybody's good ready to go but I can't imagine Antonio Brown being back in the NFL and playing I mean how many chances is he gonna get you know Steelers then he goes gets uh, shipped to to the Raiders does he doesn't even play a down for the Raiders and then goes to the Patriots gets released it's just it's been a mess, and then he gets another shot with, uh, with with the Bucks. So it has just been. I don't know of another player in any sport, off the top of my head, who has gotten so many opportunities and so many chances as Antonio Brown. Now in the sports world, it's all about winning. It's all about winning, and if you are talented and you are one of the best players in your given sport. You will have opportunities, but I believe there's probably a max of opportunities. And I think Antonio Brown has reached that point where his max opportunities are there. I mean, I just, I cannot see another team willing to take that risk, especially at this point in time in the season, getting ready to go in the postseason, getting ready to make that run. I guess never say never, but I just, I would be surprised if that were to happen. Because I can't see another team out there in the playoff run that has the ego to do that. You know, the first team I kind of thought of was like the Rams, but then I'm like, okay, do you really want to do that with like pair up Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown? And I mean, the, you, uh, there's reports out there right now that you know Antonio Brown was upset about his targets and, and not getting you know targeted enough. Do you want to put that on? 
you know, a quarterback right away heading into the postseason? No, you don't. You do not want any distraction as you are getting set to go to the postseason. You don't. I, I just I cannot see it happening. It's not going to happen for a team like the Packers. It's not going to happen um, for you know Kansas City or something like that. I you know Andy Reid went through the To thing, so I, I just I cannot see him happening or him going to to another team. Just cannot see it. So and I, I and I think his his career is done. I mean I have never seen a situation like a lot of people have said. I've never seen. A situation like what we saw on on Sunday, and if that was his last draw, I mean, he was with his boy with Tom Brady, right? He was with his boy Tom Brady. Tom Brady put his neck out there. He wanted AB. He's the one who wanted AB. We all know this. We ain't dumb. And he just ruined that situation. He's done in the league. He's not coming back. Um. Maybe I guess if Seattle was was in play because apparently Russell Wilson wanted uh, Antonio Brown too, so maybe there's that possibility. But that ain't happening anytime soon. So I guess you know wherever Russell Wilson goes next year, if he still wants AB, you know, good luck convincing your team uh, to to do that. So I don't know. I just it was a weird situation. I know technically now that he's on waivers, a team can claim him. I don't think you're going to see a team claim him and not play him just to. Uh, stop another team for, from doing that. If a team wants to pick them up and take that chance, more power to them, to them. I just cannot see it happening. But just a crazy situation. I don't know if it'll affect the the Buccaneers in a sense. You know, will it affect them in their in their playoff run with all the distractions? I think it would have been more of a distraction if they kept him on the team, but you know, he was like suspended or something like that. The fact that they just cut ties with him, moved on. I don't think it'll linger that much. Uh, if anything, they lost a talented player and, and a player that they could have used in the playoff run, especially with some of their injuries. That's where it's going to affect him the most. So the fact that they just officially cut him and moved on, I think they are they did that. They were going to do that. I think they were trying to find ways to maybe put him on a suspended list and, and try to recoup some money or something like that and make sure that he wasn't going to hop on a team that could beat them in the postseason. But, you know, if they kept him around and even if he was suspended, it, it was going to draw more attention. It was going to draw some more drama. AB, we know, will go on social media and and pipe up that drama. Cut your losses, move on, and, you know, you're, that loss is potentially a gain too for, for the Buccaneers so they don't have to deal with that drama anymore. All right, um, so we got that. We, we, we discussed uh, – some from uh, some of the playoffs, we discussed uh, Harbaugh, we discussed a little A B, and I think that's going to do it for for this episode of the of the podcast. So, twenty twenty two, what are we going to be doing with with this podcast? Well, we've got some plans. All right, we've got some plans for the podcast. Uh, starting with uh, the next week's episode, we're going to have you know different guests on. We're going to have different guests on. Um, kind of do a little banter and back and forth, a little discussion here or there. We're expanding the podcast to include a bunch of other topics out there too. Um, and I know I didn't get to the Q and A's this week. We did have some Q and A's. I did not get to them this week. Um, but we will get to them next week. So if you did not get a chance to send over some Q and A's, you can do that. Just hit me up on Twitter or on my Facebook page, Twitter at D A N K A S P E R 
Facebook, facebook.com slash Casper Sports. So again, the, the game plan for the podcast for the year 2022, uh, we're going to have more guests on, going to have more different opinions, if you will. Might just be some buddies of mine, might be some uh, some other members of the of the world, sports world, entertainment world, whatever. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to be, our goal is to take the podcast on the road, kind of do like the uh, man cave road trips, if you will. So might do some uh, different locations and all that good stuff. So we've got some good plans. We've got some big plans and it's all going to kind of officially start next week. That's kind of our new year. That's where I'm, I'm really going to be focused on kicking that thing off next week. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit here to, to wrap things up on this episode of the man cave podcast. So I need your help though. Okay. All of you listening right now, I need your help. So, um, you know, the Q and A's keep piping those in again, doesn't necessarily have to be sports. It could be like a fun thing or something like that. You guys have been awesome with that. So keep the Q and A's coming. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we're going to get different guests. It might even be you listening right now. Might do something like that, a little fun, a little bar talk or something like that. And if you have any suggestions on, you know, things to add to the Man Cave podcast, dudes, gals, I'm all open, all open years. Okay. Send those babies on over. All right. Send them on over. Let me know. Let me know what you think would be a good idea to add to the Man Cave podcast. And I think, uh, I think we're going to be working on a new logo and and that sort of stuff too. And then uh, if you have any suggestions on where we should take the podcast on the road for one of our road trips, let me know that as well. All right. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we will chat with you all again next week. Talk to you then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. But can you do me a quick favor? Can you subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast? And, you know, rate it, like if you're on iTunes or anything like that. Just make it a good rating. That way other people can find the podcast too. Hey, we're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it. We're all over. Spread the word about the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time... I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk with you later.